In old pirate movies, notice the captain of the ship always has one of those telescopes that starts out small and then can section by section be extended so that the full power of the magnification comes when it is all the way out to the end. Now, telescope comes from the Greek, teleos, which means the end, the completion, the wholeness. It also means perfect. Be perfect, be complete, be whole as your Father in heaven is. Now the end that God desires, that perfection that God wants, is that lying, lying down with the Lamb. And when the little child shall leave them and everyone shall be safe and there shall be peace, that is the teleos that God desires. The words from our scripture today give us so much hope for that teleos, God hands us that telescope so that we can see the wholeness and the completion that is God's end. These words offer so much hope for humanity, maybe more hope than any other words in all Scripture. Turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. And since they offer so much hope, it is so important that we get them right. Because getting them wrong is terribly dangerous. So here we go. We're going to law school. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. The old school of law dictated an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth as a way of putting a limit on the amount of violence that one person could do to another. So if I knocked out your eye, you could knock out my eye, but you couldn't go burn down my house. It was okay to get even. No more, but okay to get even. And how many times has there been a conversation of sorts in my house in which I have said, that's enough. You're even now. Stop. And that is the old law. But it doesn't stop violence. Gandhi so said, an eye for an eye and all the world would be blind. Toothless, battered, bruised, broken, far from whole and complete. So Jesus reinterprets that law. No more tearing out people's eyes or knocking out teeth. God wants an end to violence. God wants teleos. God wants peace not deterrence through assured mutual destruction. 
But then there is that, do not resist evildoers. So is Jesus telling us to simply put up with injustice and evil and abuse? Too many times our scripture has been interpreted to say that. And we have this terrible history of saying to an abused person or an abused group of people that it is their Christian duty to forgive the one who hurts them and put up with it. John Calvin said horrible things about how much a man was allowed to beat his wife. Sometimes we tell people that being perfect means simply allowing people to do no matter what they want, no matter how cruel. And it is our duty as Christians to suffer. But Jesus stands up to evil. Jesus resists evil. He resists unjust laws by refusing to obey them. For example, breaking the Sabbath to heal someone. And he resists stoning a woman charged with adultery. And his resistance causes others to hold back and resist even though that was the law. Jesus resists evil spirits by casting them out. He resists illness and disease by casting them out and healing people. Jesus resists the scribes and the Pharisees, embarrassing them and shaming them in public. Jesus sends his disciples out to resist and heal diseases. And when they come back, Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky in heaven. So if Jesus sends his disciples out to resist evil, and he himself resists evil, how can Jesus say to us, do not resist evildoers? So back to Greek school. The word we translate resist, anthistemi, was first translated by the King James Version. How would you translate that as king? Do not resist. But that word, esthemi, was also meant riot. Revolt, rise up in violence. It means do not resist evil with evil. Do not use violence. And then it gets so great because Jesus gives all of these ways in which to creatively subvert violence and evil without using violence. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn the left. That is a dare. For in that society, slapping someone on the cheek was what somebody of greater status did to somebody of lower status. So a master would slap a slave 
backhanded, slap him on the cheek. The left hand was not used for anything except that which was unclean. It was never used. So a slap on the cheek was an insult. But to make a fist, one only did to an equal. Now, Caroline and I stood opposite each other yesterday so that we could see how this actually worked. Now, I didn't punch her in the face, but, but there we were, and I tried to, I can see that I could hit somebody with the back of my hand on the right cheek. But when she turned the other, I would have to make a fist. So that turn the other cheek is really, I dare you to treat me as an equal. And we saw Martin Luther King use this so effectively. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to look you in the eye. And you, if you're going to abuse me and hit me, you will have to do so seeing my humanity and dignity. The next creative nonviolence is so great. Jesus says if somebody wants to sue you for your shirt, give them the, your cloak also. And now, here is the secret to this one. People in that time did not have underwear. True. They did not have underwear. And so, if somebody sued you for your shirt, and then you gave them your cloak also, what would you be? You would be stark naked in the courtroom, in front of everyone. Now, it was not a sin to be naked. It was a sin to look upon someone's nakedness. <laughs> and so, there you have this naked person running around the courtroom, and everybody's like, give the man back his shirt and his cloak, for heaven's sakes. It's wonderful. And go the second mile. These were people under Roman occupation, and it was not unusual that a soldier would come by and say, hey, you're carrying my backpack. You're carrying my pack. And so they did this quite often, but Rome tried to put a limit on it and just say, okay, you can force someone to carry your pack a mile, but after that, you have to pay them. So imagine somebody who carries the backpack a mile and then refuses to give it back and says, no, I'm keeping it and you're going to pay me. All of these ways in which Jesus says you don't have to put up with it, you can resist and do so without violence. Jesus loves the humor of it. Jesus wants to challenge people to stand your ground, to find your power, to be willing to be hit on the other cheek. This is love in action. 
Jesus resisted using violence. Nowhere in all of the Gospels does Jesus hurt another person. And when he is betrayed in the garden and one of his disciples pulls out a sword to defend with violence, Jesus says, you shall not live by the sword because you will die by the sword. I want to tell you a little story. We have grand stories of civil disobedience and nonviolent action, but this is just a little story. I have my daughter's permission, Emma, to tell this story. When Emma was in kindergarten, she rode the school bus for the first time. And that went fine for the first few months of school. Emma liked to sit in the very front, away from all the sixth graders. She was there in that front seat. But around January, a little boy would get onto the bus and rah, every day he would jump out at her and growl at her and make monster faces and noises. And of course, Emma would scream every day. And there were some tears involved in this and some, well, should we tell the bus driver or should we call Alex's parents for the little boy was Alex? But it was January, and Emma had been studying Martin Luther King. And so Emma and I got to talking about what would Martin Luther King do. And we decided that King would say, I love you. So Emma on the bus, Alex coming up into her face, and she looks at him and says, Alex. I love you. That was the end of it. <laughs> that was the end. And I found out this week that not only was this protection from Alex, when, whenever there was a boy on the bus who would give Emma trouble, she would just say, I and they would be shut down. She would just bat her little eyelashes at some point, and there was no boy on that bus who would give Emma trouble. I also found out this past week when we were talking about telling this story that Emma and Alex on the bus started sitting together in the lunchroom. And they did this, and finally in the second grade, Alex turned to Emma and said, if you love me, kiss me on the cheek. And Emma said, it's not allowed, I'll get in trouble. And Alex said, no one's looking. And Emma looked around and very quickly kissed him on the cheek. So Alex on the bus and Emma were friends. And when we left Mount Kisco, Alex gave Emma a card with a pencil taped to the inside of the card. And the card said, I will miss you, Emma. I am sadder than a chicken in the oven. <laughs> I, 
don't know where that comes from. But oh my goodness, when we are really sad in our house, we are sadder than a chicken in the oven. More words from King. The nonviolent resistor not only refuses to hate his opponent, he also refuses to commit violence against him. The center of nonviolence stands the principle of love. At the center of nonviolence is the principle of love. And all of these things are very good things to remember in these days of marches and protests. And you may want to be part of them, and you may not want any part of them. But we must all remember that at the center of Jesus' resistance is the principle of love. And that saying, you shall love your enemies as your neighbors, one other definition of teleos is mature. And so we have to recognize that we are all neighbors, enemies and friends alike. We are all neighbors. We are all in this together with the rain shining, the sun shining on us, the rain falling upon us all. We are one. That word teleos, meaning mature, is translated in one version, one of our newest versions, and it just says, grow up, people. <laughs> Love your enemy as God is grown up. Let Jesus' words echo in your ears. Resist. Resist evil, but do not do so with evil or with hate. Resist with powerful, creative love that is full of hope. Jesus has given us this as a telescope to navigate dangerous and stormy waters. Jesus has given us as the way to see God's great end, the teleos, the perfection, the completion, the wholeness of our humanity and all creation. Teleos, perfect. God's great end. Amen.